0: Hi, creative. It's Lauren here. I just want to remind you that if you love the podcast, the best way to support the show is by leaving it a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Actually, Spotify just started accepting ratings. So go ahead and rate it on there and tell all your friends to do it because it's super simple. It takes literally one second. I mean, maybe four seconds, but it's really quick. And uh, another great way to support the show is by sharing it with a friend or posting about it on social media. If you do post it on social media, tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. And remember to tag the guests too, so they can also share. Okay, now let's get to the show. Do you consider yourself a late bloomer? Do you beat yourself up on your journey, condemning yourself for not moving quote unquote quickly enough or taking big enough steps. I know I do, but I think I'm about to stop doing that so much and I have some ideas on how you can too. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and multi-passionate creative. And this show is meant to give you tools to claim your right to creativity, take fear out of the driver's seat, and love, trust, and know yourself enough to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. On the show, we explore the creative process and journey, mental health, self-development, spirituality, and everything it means to be a human and become more human. Today, I wanna talk with you a little bit about the power and beauty of being a late bloomer, why it's okay if you take a little longer to make moves in your life, and basically just how to have patience and grace for yourself. I've been thinking about these topics a lot. You've heard me talk about them a lot in the last year, probably throughout the whole show, but I've really been thinking about dreams and how can you have these big dreams and goals and still find self-worth within yourself, and if it's taking a longer time, is it still correct? All these deep kind of existential crisis questions. And it kind of has been coming to a head lately. And something I've been saying, like a phrase I've been saying in my head for years is the power of the late bloomer. There's actually power in being a late bloomer. But I never really thought about why, other than you get more wisdom as you get older and sometimes you know yourself better. But I never thought about why it might be good from... A completely holistic 360 aerial view. So, today I want to delve in a little bit into what that phrase, the power of the late bloomer, actually means to me and what I think it might mean to and for you as well. And this all came to me, occurred to me when I was on a walk. Now, as many of you know, I live in Southern California, in Los Angeles to be specific, and I often go on walks. I mean, I used to go on them every single day. Now it's at least four to five days a week that I'm going on these long, long walks. And a cool thing about Southern California is a lot of people, at least in my neighborhood, have fruit trees in their front yard, which I always think is the ultimate show of generosity. You know, you have this fruit bearing tree in your front yard that anyone can pick a piece of fruit from at any time that they want. And sometimes I do, (laughs) So I was walking by a house that had a fruit tree in the front yard. It was a lemon tree, to be exact. And I was really taking time to notice it. Years ago, I did this thing called forest bathing. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it. If you haven't, look it up. It's really interesting. But basically, you go out into the forest and... You spend time with the trees and, like, learn lessons from them. It actually is, like, scientifically backed and studied, and it can lower your blood pressure, um, according to some of the studies I read. It's a very well-known practice in Japan, just starting to become bigger in the United States. But long story short, when I did this forest bathing thing, which you don't actually bathe. You're just standing in the forest, taking in the energy of all the trees and the wildlife. But when I did this, one of the things that the guide had us do was – stand by a tree, like feel the tree and actually like have a conversation from it and like ask what we can learn from it. And when I did this forest bathing thing, that tree in particular was a dying tree. I kept being like, no, you can live like you can do it. You can keep getting better. But then I was like, why am I focusing all my energy on a tree that's dying? I should pick something that's alive and like vital and that I don't need to care give and save its life. And at the time I was in a relationship where it was very much like this relationship was kind of a project. I was always like helping out the other person, trying to make them like see their full potential. And that to me was like a symbol of, Oh God, I'm doing it with a tree, but this is what I'm doing in my real life too. So long story short, I do think that nature trees, anything living can have symbolism for us if we allow ourselves to take in the meaning. So, now back to this this age, we're tra- time traveling back to 2022, I'm walking by this lemon tree and I'm just noticing it. And I just got this gut instinct like there's some sort of lesson this tree wants to teach you. Again, hippie, woo woo, you know I love this shit. If this doesn't resonate, whatever. But I do think it's like anything that's been in the earth that long could have a lesson for you. That's all I'm saying. So walk by this lemon tree and I'm just kind of studying it and being with it. And it's also, this is just like a good act for presence. Like if you're having a hard time, if you've been anxious, if you've been depressed, if your thoughts have been spinning, standing with nature for a minute can help you come back to yourself. So I'm looking at this tree kind of asking like, what wisdom do you have for me? And I'm just noticing it. All the the fruit on the tree, by the way, is not ripe. It's like, None of it's really yellow, like maybe there's little flecks of yellow, but you know, before a lemon gets yellow, it's green. And so I'm noticing that, and then I'm noticing there's one piece of fruit where it looks like some sort of animal, a little critter, like a a bird or a squirrel has tried to like go in and eat a little bit, but then realize it's not ripened yet, so they abandon ship. And then I'm noticing some fruit that's on the ground that maybe somebody tried to pick, maybe they thought it was a lime and then was discarded or maybe it's fallen off the tree somehow before it had ripened. And all of a sudden I get struck with this thought like a bolt of lightning. And there are times in your life where you'll get struck with a thought and you're like I don't know where that came from. Has to be some sort of divine intervention or higher self wisdom. This was one of those moments where I was just like this message needs to come through me now. So I picked up my phone, opened my voice memos app and I said the following. If fruit is picked when it's underdeveloped, it never ripens. The same can be said if you get your start too early in life. You may never reach the heights you could have hit had you stayed on the vine long enough to become ripe, then get picked and put out into the world to nourish it. This is the power of the late bloomer. (sighs) After... Over a decade, well, probably actually my whole life of beating myself up for feeling like I'm not far enough, I should be doing more, why am I not succeeding the way some of my friends and peers are, why am I not being seen in this way, it finally hit me. (laughs) If I had gone out into the world before my time, not only would I not have maybe been emotionally okay is something I've said in the past, but I also may not have resonated to the level that I could have had I continued to develop myself until I was ready enough as an artist, as a creative, as a producer, as a writer, as a songwriter to be out into the world. Like If I didn't spend all this time honing my skills really working on my mental health, building a foundation of self-love, learning who I am as an artist, learning who I am as a podcaster, making these connections, just building myself up and learning who is Lauren and how do I want to show up? If I had gotten that shot when I was like 23, there is no possible way that I ever would have ripened to be the full self that I will be whenever my time comes or times come because I think there's different times where we make it, quote unquote. But this idea that if you're picked before you're fully developed, you never fully ripen and therefore never get to nourish the world in the way that you're meant to was a mind shifting, soul shifting revelation. And I want it to sit with you too. I'm going to read this one more time because I think it just, I'm still having a hard time processing my own thought. So here we go. This is on the power of the late bloomer. If fruit is picked when it's underdeveloped, it never ripens. The same can be said if you get your start too early in life. You may never reach the height you could have hit had you stayed on the vine long enough to become ripe, then get picked and put out into the world to nourish it. This is the power of the late bloomer. And I think this is a particularly important thing to remember as we live in a world that increasingly holds up youth, that increasingly holds up overnight success, that increasingly holds up a 5 second viral video of somebody falling on a couch. <laughs> I don't know. I I remember there was this thing like a few months ago where a girl went completely viral because she like cranked out her back on like a couch or a bed, I don't even remember. These are the things that the world that we live in right now can hold up as being the ideal or like what should be happening to you. But there's a price to pay for that. Taking the time to fully develop, ripen, and then get picked allows you to nourish the world in the way that you are meant to, in the unique way that you are meant to, from a place of wholeness. I don't even know if that's really a word, but that's what I'm saying. From a place that is whole, from a place that is true, from a place that is based in self-love, self-trust, and self-knowledge. And from a place that's a lot harder to get taken advantage of or shifted or uprooted if somebody comments something that's not nice about you. So if you're a late bloomer, I really urge you to see the beauty in that. And I think everybody, even like 19-year-olds who are making it on TikTok, everybody feels like the underdog, number one. And I think everybody, most people at least, maybe Shirley Temple did not you know, I don't know, some other... YouTube child internet sensations. But I think most people in general feel like the underdog, and most people in general feel like late bloomers. So if this resonates in any way, and you're fighting yourself being like, oh, why haven't I done more? I need to do this. I must not be good enough because it's not happening quickly for me. Maybe there's a reason for that, and maybe there's a purpose for that, and maybe. You're just taking a little bit longer on the vine. Not all fruit comes to ripen at the same time, you know, and it's not like we judge it. We're not like, I wish I knew anything about how fruit ripened, but just for all intents and purposes, I'm not a farmer, so I don't know shit, but let's just talk about it. So like, let's say blueberries ripen really fast, but oranges take longer to come to full maturity. We're not like, oh, blueberries are so much better than oranges because they only take four weeks to ripen. But oranges take two months, so they suck. Like, no one thinks that way. But somehow, when it's like, oh, this person got their start when they were just 19, that's sexy. But someone that got their start at 45 is, I mean, at best it's inspiring, but at worst it's like, oh my God, I hope I don't have to wait that long. I mean, I think that's what people think. We use those like, they didn't get their start till they were 45 or they didn't get their start till they were 60 to make ourselves feel better about like, oh, okay, great, okay, I still have time. But like, let's just take that out of our head. No more I still have time. How about I'm on my own timeline and I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get where I wanna go, but also I'm going to trust that when I am fully ready and when the world is fully ready for me, we will meet up in perfect synergy. Instead of always trying to fight it, instead of always trying to fight ourselves, instead of trying to fight God, instead of trying to fight the universe, instead of fight, trying to fight whatever industry we're in, What if we opened our hands up and allowed and said, I trust that when I am fully developed as a person, as an artist, as a creative, that the right opportunity will present itself and my work, me, whatever it is, will be able to go out into the world and nourish it in the most perfect way that I am meant to. It's a whole new level of trust. I'm not there yet, but this mirror that nature provided for me totally shifted my perspective. Also, you know, there's like a lot of sexiness we put around like creating something fast, right? I mean, listen, if something flows out of you, that, that's wonderful. But especially in the music industry, I notice, and I've talked about this with some of my songwriter friends, people are like, oh, I wrote the song in 10 minutes. And if you did, and it's a great song, that's great. But your 10-minute song isn't necessarily better than somebody who like, wrote a song in pieces over the course of months or even years. Sometimes things take longer to ripen. And I'm sick of us just putting such an emphasis and a sexiness on things that are fast, 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 fast. There's just so much talk about that, but there's not much talk about when things take longer. For instance, Melody Beatty, I was listening to an interview that she did recently and she talked and she's the author of Codependent No More. And she talked about how it takes her five years to write a book. She'll be thinking about the book and brainstorming the book for five years. Then when she goes to write it, she's in flow, but she's thinking about it, brainstorming about it, probably like journaling about it five years before she actually goes to her computer or typewriter and writes the whole thing out. Let's stop putting this emphasis. Yes, I think that there's something powerful about being a doer out in the world, but the more we can stop putting this emphasis on, unless it comes out fast, unless you do the thing fast, it doesn't have value. We're all on our own journey, we're all on our own time, and even our creative projects are on our own time. We can have like a timeline we want for it, but ultimately it's going to come out when it's meant to come out, when the world's ready for it, when you're ready for it, when you're ready for the implications of it. And all I'm asking for us to do, you and me, is to have a little bit more trust in divine timing and to stop beating ourselves up along the journey thinking that we're not in the right timeline. Now, I'm not saying if you're sitting there stalling out, but if you're actively every day doing something to unleash your inner creative, you're journaling, you're you're doing meditation, you're you know whatever it is that you do you're doing it like if you're a musician you're playing music you're ideating if it takes a little longer for the song the book the project the business to come to light trust that timing as long as you're still taking steps whatever those steps are meaningful steps then it's it's all good and i guess the deeper iteration of this is like just because you want something or know something doesn't mean you're ready for it like for instance, and I can't be super specific about this right now because I just can't. I can be in the new year and I'll talk about it in the new year. But there's something I've known I've wanted for a really, really long time. Intellectually, I've known I wanted it. My body knew I wanted it. It's nothing like sexual. <laughs> it's a, a dream thing. I knew I wanted it, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready spiritually. I wasn't ready emotionally. I wasn't ready financially for this thing. And so while I've known I've wanted it for like, I'm not kidding, at least two and a half years, maybe three, I had to wait until I got my undeniable sign and I was able to plan in the way I wanted to and I felt ready. And now this path is just appearing in front of me to do the thing. And... It's hard because when you know you want something, you want it now. I'm not a patient person. So when I know I want something, I want it now. And I feel like if I don't get it now, then am I ever going to get it? And I start panicking. But again, what I'm asking for us, for you and me, (laughs) is to stop panicking and just say, okay, I know this. And please, whatever your higher power is, you know, like, God, please guide me to do this when the timing is right and make that sign undeniable so that I can't go in another direction just like give me the signs and and until then please give me peace and patience. And so yeah, just because you know something or you want something doesn't necessarily mean you're ready for it and that's okay. Knowing is really good. And don't delay on something. Like if you have all the tools you need to Take a leap or do a creative project or travel somewhere. Don't delay because you're scared, but you know the difference. You know the difference deep down between being scared about something and letting fear rule you and not being ready. Being scared about something and letting fear rule you is very much in your head. It's a spinning thought. It's, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Ah. That's that's a mental fear that's not a real fear. There's a deep knowing in your body when you're not actually ready for something. And I think that this like the mental fear comes in when we disconnect from that. So when you're feeling that fear, go into it, go into your body and say, okay, where is this fear living? Is it in my head? Is it in my body? Is there a knowing that I need a little bit longer, but I am on the right path? Or should I act now? Just start getting really intentional about it and asking questions instead of just assuming and and beating yourself up and then ending up in the same place anyway, because you're not really seeking any answers. You're just asking questions and doing shame talk. Another thing I've thought about kind of in this same vein is that it's okay to want what we want and be who we are, even if that's not popular or cool, even to you, okay? The quicker you can stop, fighting your own nature, the quicker you're able to have the peace you need to make the decisions and leaps you want or have to make. And this came up because something I've battled with a lot in myself, because I am an artist, is that I do have a deep desire for security, for financial security, honestly. I really want to know that I can take care of myself, that I can take care of my family someday, you know, I hope to have children in the next five years. I have a deep desire in myself to, to be financially secure. And I think that there have been so many times when I beat myself up because, you know, as you know, I work a job in corporate America and I have beat myself up being like, why can't you just like be an artist and have faith in yourself? And it's like, well, Lauren, you tried that and it was lean. And I think it would be very different if I did it today because I you know, am smarter and older and also know how to make money now, which has been an invaluable tool that working for another company has taught me. But I was beating myself up because like, this isn't the life that I signed up for, aka it's not the life that I thought I was going to have in college. I thought I was going to be an actress. I thought I'd be flitting from set to set and... It's just very different from the life I envision. Now, I'm not saying I want to work in this way forever, but what I do want forever is some level of financial security. Now it doesn't have to come from another company. It can come from my own company at some point. But I finally dropped the charges on myself for wanting that security. Like while in my head, like my ego self doesn't think it's very sexy that like, oh, I feel like I have to have a sure thing before I make some leap the deeper part of myself wants me to feel safe and secure so that I can make these like scarier decisions. And the truth is having money gives you the ability to make riskier creative decisions than you could if you were living paycheck to paycheck. And so since in order to fully unleash, I do feel like I need security. I'm going to stop beating myself up about that because It's not getting me anywhere. In fact, it's holding me back. And I don't care that it's not sexy. It's what I want to (laughs) do. So I would say like whatever part of you that you've been denying, like is there some sort of some sort of belief you have that is in conflict with a piece of who you are that if you could like just drop the charges and the judgment on that part of yourself you could live with more self acceptance and self love. And if so, just start to see and ask yourself what would happen if i started dropping that charge on myself. Like for me, if i stop being like, oh, you're such a loser. Why do you feel like you need financial security? It's actually a pretty normal thing to worry about, especially being like I'm second generation Italian, like not that long ago my grandpa moved here with like basically no money. And had to sell fruit on the street. So like this is in my DNA. I'm going to stop beating myself up that I want financial security. And I'm just going to start asking, how can I have that and also be unleashed? In what way can I provide for myself and make myself feel safe? And so whatever that version of that is in your life that you're like judging yourself for, whatever your financial security is, which is kind of a funny thing. Like I'm judging myself that I want to, you know, have The means to live a nice life in our weird society because I didn't think it's artistic enough. But whatever your version of that is, I urge you to figure that out and ask if you could drop that judgment on yourself and just give yourself what you need because it might actually help you get closer to unleashing the deeper self or a dream, following a dream. Yeah, judgment basically just never leads to anything good. And I think the final thought I want to leave you with today is something on extremism. There's a lot of extremism in our world right now, in our country. You're listening in the United States. We don't like extremism in the world for the most part. I don't. But why do we allow it in our own minds? Why do we allow it into our psyche and emotional life? And this is something I've been extremely guilty of. I've talked about this on the show at length about how I can swing from thinking, Oh my gosh, everything's going great. I'm so proud of myself. Life is wonderful. Like I'm an incredible musician. And I've got a great podcast too. I've never done anything. What's wrong with me. My whole life is a mess. I'm never gonna achieve anything. I'm you know, and that's that's a creative area. I can do it in my personal life. I can do it with my looks. I can do it with everything. What I've worked on over the past year is bringing that more to the center. And truthfully, I've gotten a lot better. At Staying down the center, especially since I took my break and slowed down and really have been asking myself deep, deep questions about how do I have these big goals but not put myself worth in them. I've done a lot of work and I'm getting closer, but I still do have a tendency toward extremes, whether it's a conflict I'm experiencing with a friend or in my relationship or my career or (laughs) literally like something as simple as like answering emails like I can go to these extremes But I'm just calling to us like, it all starts in ourselves, right? There was something I was listening to the other day that said, if our number one goal, if everyone in the world's number one goal was inner peace, then think of how different our world would be. Like if everyone was working on and nearly achieving some level of inner peace, we would live in a very different world. And so I'm thinking about that with extremism too. Like, If we can all, or those of us at least that are on a spiritual journey, work toward rooting out extremism in ourselves, think of how much that could do for rooting out extremism in the world, for increasing the ability for nuance and gray and listening to other people. And instead of judging other people, getting curious. If we could, instead of judging ourselves, get curious with ourselves Approach ourselves with compassion and empathy. Think of how much better your relationship with yourself would be, how much more able you would be to put out work that you believe in that makes you feel joyful. But think of also how much better your interactions with other people would be, whether that's family members, your lover, your friends, people that you interact with on the internet, your customers, whatever it might be. We can't give away what we don't have. If you're not approaching yourself with compassion, curiosity, love, empathy, and nuance, (laughs) then it's hard to approach the world that way. It's going to be way easier for you to slip into extreme thinking. And that's a really dangerous place to be. So if you don't like extreme thinking in the world, then I want to urge you and implore you and I will be there with you to start rooting it out in yourself because it starts at home and we are home. This is the only home we ever have guaranteed for the rest of our lives, this body. So yeah, start being gentle, compassionate, curious, empathetic, loving with and to yourself and see how that affects your other relationships, your work, your ability to unleash all the good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. I know my voice is a little raspy today. I don't know. I went out this weekend and it's still not back to a hundred percent, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was a little sexy surprise for you. And if you like what you heard today on the show, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend. It really makes such a big difference. Podcasters spread person to person. So please do that. It's an awesome way to support the show. And if you like the show, another great way to support it is by posting about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Thank you to my dear friend Liz Full for the show's theme music. You can follow her at Liz Full. My wish for you this week is that you embrace the power of being a late bloomer. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.